Welcome back, folks. I am your host, the always NFL offseason GM, Fred, and we got a great show lined up for you here today. It's the mock draft I've been talking about for a couple weeks, our way too early 2023 NFL mock. We're going to make sure we hit on each pick as it currently projects out based on the Super Bowl odds. It's always everybody's one of everybody's favorite. Get Kind of get your eye on some of them guys that are way too out there, make some predictions, kind of highlight some guys that we think you need to tune in and watch during this next college football season. So it's always really exciting. Uh, I'm going to apologize in advance uh, as we're recording this after we're done already that uh, there was some audio issues in this in this NFL say this mock draft segment that really caused me to ca- cut in and out. So I'm going to apologize in advance. But either way, we're going to jump right into it. Here's the mock. As promised, we're going to be bringing you our 2023 early mock draft for next year. So we're going to just touch on some of the prospects. The draft order also is going to be based off of the reverse Super Bowl odds from right after the NFL draft. So don't knock us for that. This isn't like our predictions or nothing. It's just basically how Vegas has set the odds, and we're just going off of that. So leading right off here, our number one selection of the next year's NFL draft is going to be the Houston Texans. And the way I'm going to position this is if the Houston Texans finish with the number one overall selection in next year's draft, it's going to be because this season was a disaster and that their quarterback did not live up to the hype that they were hoping he was going to get with him being a mid-round steal in Davis Mills. So I think they did a pretty good job this year of building some of the, the the team around what they have already. But I think that the quarterback position is going to be one that they're going to finally have to address. And in this position, you get the number one pick in the entire draft. I think they're going to be taking C.J. Stroud, the quarterback out of Ohio State, who was a Heisman contender this past year. He's looked really, really good at different points of his career. And I think he's going to take that next leap. So number one overall selection, Houston's going C.J. Stroud, quarterback. Number two, it's going to be the Atlanta Falcons, and the Atlanta Falcons also have done a good job of building this team out, and I don't really think they have high expectations, so it's not out of the question that they would actually be picking here at number two. Uh, I still think that they have a long ways to go on the offense. They have some offensive line issues they need to sort out to see who's going to be sticking around, but I think that you have a really great opportunity here to get one of the best defenders in this entire draft and to pair this gentleman, Will Anderson Jr. out of Alabama, the edge defender, with this year's selection and Arnold Epichetti would be something that would be extremely, extremely uh, enticing just because of the potential that you could have there for the next 10, 10 plus years with two dominant edge defenders. So Will Anderson Jr. possibly could have been the number one overall selection in this draft if he would have came out. But he ends up going in this next draft and goes number two to the Atlanta Falcons. And number three, we have the Detroit Lions. Uh, very tempting to go quarterback here, but I don't really think that they're in as big of a rush as everybody else does. I think they really do actually like Jared Goff. So we went with defensive lineman Jalen Carter out of Georgia. I think he kind of fits with what they're going to want to do on this defensive side of the football. You look at what they've got in the trenches on offense. They do. They already are pretty much set there. They have they added some playmakers in DJ Chark, whether or not they decide to bring him back next year. And then also Jamison Williams. I think they're pretty good there. DeAndre Swift at running back. Uh, it's way too high to take one anyone anyway here as well. So I'm turning my, my attention to the trenches on the defensive side of the ball. Jalen Carter, you get a big defensive lineman out of Georgia. Well known for 
<laughs> shaping some of these guys in a recent draft. So moving right on to the fourth overall selection, it's going to be the New York Jets. And the New York Jets, I also have them going similarly to the trenches on the defensive side of the football. I have them taking Brian Brees, defensive lineman out of Clemson. Once again, uh, you look at this Jets roster with some of the young talent that they've added. There's not a ton of needs. They added a playmaker. They added a running back this year. They added an edge defender this year. They added uh, a cornerback this year. So let's go back to the trenches. Let's try to get this right. I think that this will be a big year for Robert Sala to see if he's sticking around at and if they kind of fall flat on their face here and are picking at number four, I don't know how that looks, uh, mainly because that's going to be a Zach Wilson issue as well, too. But Brian Brees, uh, this is a pretty safe pick. You get a trench defender to, that could be pretty versatile, play uh, some three technique. I don't know necessarily if he's going to be a true nose type of guy, but at least you're going to get some trench help on defense, which is never the wrong thing as teams look to start to rotate these guys more often. Moving ahead here, we get the Jacksonville Jaguars, Jacksonville Jaguars at number five, and I have them taking Jackson, Smith, and Jigba. Basically, they're really lacking a true number one target on this offense at this moment. I know they signed Christian Kirk to the big deal. You're never going to sell me on it that he's a true number one wide receiver, but getting uh, JSN is I'm going to call him just because it's going to be a mouthful every time I always have to say his name. I think he's going to be the number one wide receiver in this draft. I think he's really going to vault himself into that conversation. He already did this past year with the the big 300-yard performance in their bowl game. So I think that he's there. He's ready to make the, the statement this year. And I think Jacksonville's a perfect landing spot for him to be a number one type of guy in that offense. And with Trevor Lawrence throwing the ball, I think that there's a lot of big-time opportunity there as well. Moving along next is going to be the Carolina Panthers. Uh, if you're following along with our Twitter at all the last couple of weeks here, I, I released some, went on a hot take rant the other day, and I said I wouldn't be surprised to see Carolina Panthers have the worst record in all of football. So this could be an even earlier selection than this. But it, the way it's falling here, I don't know if – they bring in a new regime change because I'm essentially thinking that if they don't make the playoffs, they're not going to be back. If you're bringing in a new regime change, I don't know if you're going to want to move the quarterback route right off the bat. I mean, they've made some big strides in recent years along the offensive front, adding weapons and linemen that I think that they could visit that. But in, in this scenario, I have them going cornerback, taking Eli Ricks out of Alabama. Uh, he was a transfer from LSU. And the only reason I went this route was I know they've spent a lot of capital. Stephon Gilmore, uh, you look at C.J. Henderson they brought in from Jacksonville. Uh, Dante Jackson, I believe, re-signed with the team as well, too. But a lot of these guys are either gone or at expiring deals. Like, Stephon Gilmore's not coming back. Uh, I don't know exactly how long in the in the building C.J. Henderson's going to be for, if he's even really stood out. So I I would get a cornerstone of our defense. They, they've done a good job of building up front in, in other parts of this defense and even at the second level. But I like how the offensive line looks with the addition of Ikemikwanu. I like what the trenches looks like on defense. I like their linebackers. Uh, Jeremy Chin playing that, that dime linebacker role as well. And rather than try to force a quarterback here with a new regime, I'm going to punt on it in this draft, and we're going to kick the can down the road and take Eli Ricks out of Alabama. So moving right along here with the next selection, it is going to be number seven, and it's going to be the New York Giants, and I have them 
taking their quarterback of the future, I'm going with Will Levis of uh, Kentucky quarterback. And I think it's time that the Giants move on from Daniel Jones. I think it's evident after they didn't pick up his fifth-year option that they're also thinking that that's a possibility down the road here unless he shows some serious leaps and bounds. But if you're selecting at number seven, you're still having a significant losing record. And more than likely, we're looking to get the guy that's going to fit into Brian Dabble's offense. So why not get the big body, big arm guy, uh, Will Levis, out of Kentucky? So the the men in blue look to move on and get their quarterback of the future. Moving along here, we get the number eight selection. It's going to be the Seattle Seahawks. And there's going to be a growing trend here. A lot of these teams that punted on quarterback in the past draft are going to be looking to capitalize on a quarterback in this draft and no different for the Seattle Seahawks. I really don't want to pick this guy in the top 10, but at this point, I think it makes more sense for Seattle to take him than anybody else. And it's going to be Bryce Young, quarterback out of Alabama. Now, the main concern I have with Bryce Young is going to be his size threshold. I know a lot of people have said that he's lucky if he's 5'9", which there was some serious conversation around Kyler Murray being even 5'11". Now imagine him being two inches two inches shorter and even lighter, uh, insert Bryce Young. So that's why I had trouble putting him in the top 10. But I think if, if he contends for another Heisman Trophy and he's already won one and Alabama's going to have the year that everybody expects them to, it's going to be hard to keep him out of the top 10, especially with this many teams that are looking for a possible quarterback. So Bryce Young going to Seattle Seahawks at number eight putting it in pencil right now moving right along we get the chicago bears and the chicago bears it's been almost criminal to this point the the help that they've given justin fields in their offense so in this draft we're going to take the first offensive tackle off the board and try to get him the help that he really actually truly deserves in paris johnson jr out of ohio state uh, once again, like I said, the, the, there hasn't been a ton of help. Tevin Jenkins was missed most of his rookie season. Hopefully he can make a leap this year, but there's still going to be an opening opposite of him, even if he does pan out at like either right tackle or left tackle. So let's put Paris Johnson in there. Let's get some help from Justin Fields and really see if he can truly be the quarterback of the future for the Bears. Moving along to the next selection, rounding out the top 10, Sorry about that. I had to make sure it was number 10. It's going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I have the Pittsburgh Steelers going with a familiar name and helping shore up their cornerback room as well, too. It's going to be Joey Porter Jr. So it's going to be son of former Pittsburgh Steeler Joey Porter. And I really like how this is going to fit in there. They, they elected to move on from Joe Hayden, and they kind of replaced him in, with some less than top-end talent. So they got their quarterback of the future in Kenny Pickett. And... I think that the the next biggest need uh, after quarterback here is going to be offensive line and corner. And I really liked uh, Joey Porter's fit in this defense. I think he can be a bump and run type of guy. He's also really long and rangy. And he's already got ties to the Pittsburgh uh, nation with him, his father playing for the team. So I really like that fit. I think it's kind of interesting visiting that here as well, too. So moving along here, we get the number 11 selection. It's going to be the Washington football team. And with the Washington football team, this is also another possible quarterback destination. But I just don't know who on the board is going to fit what they're going to like to do if Ron Rivera is even going to be there and want to make that selection. Because if they have a subpar year here, I could see them electing to move on from him as well too. But 
I went to their biggest need that I don't really think that they even filled in this year's draft, and I went safety, and I went with uh, Brandon Joseph, the transfer from Northwestern to Notre Dame, and he's got some really translatable game. He's he's very versatile. He can fit into the secondary and do a lot of different things, and I think that that's kind of the missing piece on this this defense is a, a really truly elite safety. So you went playmaker. You've been building this offense around, and you you insert Carson Wentz. Uh, they very well could go quarterback, but in this draft, we just uh, we elected to go and really shore up that secondary with Brandon Joseph. Next up is going to be the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Philadelphia Eagles, I think, have been kind of gearing up for this push to select a quarterback in the 2023 draft. They've really armed themselves with a couple of different selections in the first round here to move up if they would like, but with this this draft being no trades, now. Uh, I elected to go quarterback here at this selection and go Phil Djokovic out of Boston College. Now, I don't really think Djokovic is going to or Djokovic is going to be an upgrade over Jalen Hurts in year one. So it's going to be disappointing for some of the Eagles fans there, as I think that you're going to see more immediate success due to his athleticism from Jalen Hurts. But uh, Djokovic's more of your your typical drop back, big arm style of quarterback, and. While I think that they would move up to get one of the more higher profile names in the draft here, I wanted to kind of stick to the no trades philosophy and really try to project where some of the, the range is going to be on some of these guys early on in the process. So Phil Dracovic landing with the Philadelphia Eagles here at number 12. At number 13, we have the Las Vegas Raiders, and I have them going Kaylee Ringel or Calais Ringo, I apologize if I said that wrong. It's going to be quarterback, cornerback out of Georgia. And really, one of the main needs that the Raiders still have on this defense is going to be some secondary help. Tra- Trayvon Merrick looked really good in his rookie year. They got a really late round steal in Nate Hobbs that looked really good. But Casey Hayward's no longer in town as well. So I think that they're going to look to shore up this secondary as they've they've really kind of built a juggernaut on offense with Devontae Adams and Derek Carr and Josh Jacobs still in town. So And Darren Waller, it sounds like, is no longer on his way out as well. So I really think that they could steer their attention to this defense, particularly the secondary, and take Ringo here at number 13. With our next selection, it's going to be the Minnesota Vikings on the clock. And at this point in the draft, there's there's some guys available that I really didn't think would be available, mainly just because of how the board shook out here with a lot of quarterbacks coming off the top. And I consider this guy to be a top 10 talent heading into the, or taking a look at the draft a year out. But uh, K-Shop Boyette, uh, out of wide receiver out of LSU, I think that he's going to be a really great talent to come out of that school as well. And he gets pushed down the board a little bit here. So Minnesota has no choice but to kind of jump on this one. Uh, I, I had them taking Garrett Wilson in this year's draft. I thought that that had been a, a good time to get a guy on board that would make uh, Adam Thielen expendable as he gets a little bit older, a little more expensive. And you can pair him up with uh, former LSU Tiger as well, uh, Justin Jefferson. And I think that's going to have that would be a dynamic duel kind of moving forward here. And I think it's very intriguing because I think that they're going to need to surround whoever is at quarterback uh, after this year with more talent, whether that's going to be Kirk Cousins again or whether it's uh, they're bringing in somebody else to be competitive or even challenge for that spot. Uh, either way, I think that they need to to round out this wide receiver room as, as they continue to age and get up there as wily vets in the league. 
Next up is going to be the Philadelphia Eagles coming around to make their second selection in the mock draft here. And as I mentioned before, uh, I think that they could package these picks and move up to get the quarterback that they really like. But just for this practice here, we're going to have them selecting the quarterback at the last one, which is going to free them up to make a, a bonus move here. And we're going to go Malachi Moore, the safety out of Alabama. I think the secondary has been an issue for Philadelphia for quite some time. And I think it's it, they make a move here to try to build some depth on the back end and really get some help to really make that more of a strength rather than a weakness as they continue to address it through later round picks in the draft. So uh, they double dip in the 2023 NFL draft and they get a ton of help at two positions that are, to be honest, the last of the few needs that they really need uh, heading into the future here outside of next year and the year after. So, Moving ahead, we're going to have Miami Dolphins on the clock with their original selection, and they're going to be taking Miles Murphy. And Miles Murphy is the edge defender out of Clemson. And the Dolphins really can afford to make more of a luxury selection here as they moved and kind of rounded out this offense. It was I was very much leaning towards the offensive line help, but they've made a ton of moves this offseason between Teron Armstead and signing a couple of these other guys to kind of round out that room. And I think it's it's going to be do or die time to see if those moves are going to pay off and if some of these young guys can finally develop and fit into that system with Mike McDaniel. So I decided to go a different direction here, and I got an edge defender for him. Uh, on the consensus big board, he's a top 10 player and getting him you know, in the middle round of this draft because of some of these quarterbacks going is going to be a little bit of a bonus. Uh, I think that having a D-line rotation and having some of these top ed, top end edge defenders and being able to rotate them out and keep them fresh is huge in the NFL. So adding another one here, especially from a big school like Clemson, is going to be huge for the Miami Dolphins. Moving right along here, the New England Patriots are going to be next on the clock. And I have them selecting Noah Sewell, a linebacker out of Oregon. It was no secret that the Patriots try to move and or make a move and get a big-name linebacker in this year's draft, whether it was Quay Walker, whether it was uh, Devin Lloyd. But they got sniped on both of them. They get uh, the Green Bay Packers end up with Quay Walker, and the Jacksonville Jaguars end up getting Devin Lloyd. So... Instead, they go and they get the best linebacker prospect in 2023, and I think he could be a field man, uh, a game manager, field manager for that defense for a long time. It's something that they really value in New England. Uh, with the next selection, it's going to be the Arizona Cardinals on the clock. They did not select in this past year's draft in the first round because they traded their pick for Hollywood Brown in a swap as well and ended up getting some late-round compensation, but... On this exercise, they are back on the clock. They've always needed some offensive line help, so we're going to turn our attention to that area of the trenches. And we're going to be taking Peter Skronsky, offensive tackle out of Northwestern. Uh, He's the next best available on our board here. And really, when I'm taking a look, and you look at this Arizona Cardinals team, it's, it's always been about trying to support Kyler Murray. And he's been unhappy, trying to keep him upright. They go and they get Marquise Brown, one of his you know his best friends and uh, college running mates. They have DeAndre Hopkins there already. Uh, you look to where they need help on this offense still, and it's going to be the offensive line. You could point to running back, but 
I just don't think that this team's going to value running back like they do receiver and offensive line. So I think that you go get this guy, you plug and play him, you keep Kyler Murray upright, keep him happy. Moving into the next selection, it's going to be the Tennessee Titans. And the Tennessee Titans are in quite the predicament here with Ryan Tannehill. If they move on from him and Malik Willis is not the answer, they could look to make a move on a quarterback here in 2023. But the direction I went is I love Malik Willis, so I think that he has some upside. Let's get him some targets. I think that their offensive line is solid enough after this year in the past years and what they have currently on the roster that I think that they can turn their attention to playmaker. They have Robert Woods, but he's got, he's getting up there in age. They selected Traylon Burks. And even with Robert Woods getting up there in age, it, it might be time to make a move in the direction to get a little bit of more youth in this room and develop them alongside of him. Or you can get a guy that could possibly step up and really make an impact off the bat. And they end up getting the the, the last year's Blitnikoff winner in Jordan Addison, who's currently in the transfer portal. Could be with USC, Texas, somebody else by the time that this even you know hits the, the airwaves. But either way, I think that building out that offense and helping Malik Willis, if he's the future, or whoever else would be coming in at quarterback is a, is a must priority for them. Coming up next here, we have the Indianapolis Colts on the clock. And the Indianapolis Colts are going to be selecting Marvin Mims, wide receiver out of Oklahoma. So we have another receiver coming off the board. And it's no secret that they've been trying to get better at this position as they bring in guys. It just doesn't seem like they value the the position at a premium, similar to like what the Green Bay Packers do. Because you take a look, uh, they really haven't selected a guy in the first round. They kind of try to take big swings on these like second and third rounders or trading away middle round picks for some of these aging vets. Uh, they are linked to Julio Jones at the moment as well, too. But in this in this exercise, I have taken a chance on Marvin Mims, Marvin Mims, the deep threat out of Oklahoma. I think that he could help come in and stretch the field while Michael Pittman does most of his work in the intermediate section of the field. So I think that Matt Ryan will be around for at least two years. So it's 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 key to kind of capitalize on that window as long as he's there and Jonathan Taylor's operating at the peak of his powers as well too. Next up, we have the Houston Texans via the Cleveland Browns trade for Deshaun Watson. And I have the Houston Texans selecting, selecting B.J. Ojolari, an edge defender out of LSU. Once again, it's another one of these guys that's a highly ranked prospect that kind of gets pushed down the board with some of these quarterbacks and other position players going really high. But I think the Texans are kind of taking the long way around rebuild. I know we had them taking C.J. Stroud. But you look at what they did this year in the draft, and they ended up taking Stingley. They elected to to pass on the pass rusher and not get the high-end guy. I think that they go the opposite direction this year. Now you got the shutdown corner. Let's get some pass rush in front of them. Ojolari helps shore that up and make a move in the right direction. Uh, coming around next is going to be the Baltimore Ravens. And I have the Baltimore Ravens selecting one of my... I, I loved watching this guy's tape this year. And I think he's listed currently as an edge defender. But I, I love this tape as an off-ball linebacker. And it's going to be Henry Tuoto, uh out of Alabama. He was a transfer from Tennessee. And this dude flies. I think he's like built at like 6'4", you know, like 220, 230. So it's no wonder that he's trying to make that edge conversion uh, try to cash in and make a little bit more money for himself down the road here. 
But his off-the-ball stuff was really impressive. So if he even has that, that versatility, that flexibility, I think that that would be really, really good for his stock and what he can do for your defense. And the Baltimore Ravens and how creative they can be and how they they do such a good job of building with these edge rushers, I think that's huge. I think that he could be a very versatile chess piece for that defense moving forward. And he's one of my favorite players in the next year's draft presumptively if he declares so Henry Tuoto out of Alabama to the Baltimore Ravens next on the clock is going to be the Cincinnati Bengals and the Cincinnati Bengals uh, made a lot of moves this offseason to shore up their offensive line so we're going to go in a different direction with this one they lost CJ Ozama and I'm going to have them replacing that production with tight end excuse me choking on something here but uh tight end Michael Mayer as well excuse me i apologize i had a school pulled up tight end i thought it was notre dame i just wanted to double check tight end michael mayer out of notre dame and i think he can come in and support a tight end room that now is lacking the high-end talent it's, i'm not saying that cj osama by any means is a top five guy in the league but he was a very quality starter and without that now they're they're kind of looking around the room to see where they're going to get that production from and try to replicate that so give me to the the former uh, AFC representative in the Super Bowl in 2022, and hopefully maybe in 2023 as well, Michael Mayer, tight end out of Notre Dame. Moving down the list here, we get the Los Angeles Chargers, and the Los Angeles Chargers, another team that was super aggressive this offseason and shoring up a lot of needs on their defense, as that seemed to be a hole for them in in past seasons, whether it was edge rush or interior defensive line, uh, or even defensive backs, they made the big move for J.C. Jackson. I think that their back end, their secondary, is one of the best in the league now after that move with J.C. Jackson. You have Bryce Callahan. You also have Asante Samuel, a former rookie, Derwin James. I think that you're pretty stout at that position, so you're not going to need the help there. I'm turning my attention to the trenches, and I'm going to go with Nolan Smith, linebacker. I believe it's also... Oh, man, excuse me, out of Georgia. Yes, out of Georgia, the edge defender. You come plug and play him in, and then you don't even feel the pain once uh, Khalil Mack starts to fall off as you develop this guy behind him. And you can get a good rotation, get some different kind of sub subsets going, some NASCAR packages. I think that'd be really interesting to to get some additional depth in that front seven, specifically edge rusher. Next on the clock is going to be the Dallas Cowboys and for the Dallas Cowboys, they elected to take Tyler Smith in this draft, and it sounds like they're going to try to keep him at offensive tackle. So in a different direction here, with Zach Martin getting up there in age and Connor Williams leaving via free agency, I'm electing to go to Jarrett Patterson, interior offensive lineman out of Notre Dame. I think that he can come in, he can plug and play at one of the guard spots, most likely opposite of Zach Martin. But if for some reason Zach Martin were to choose to hang it up early, he could replace him as well too. I think you're going to continue to make that offensive line a strength as you build it out and don't let it fall off when all of some of these guys start getting older. You keep it as a strength. You keep it as dominant and keep Dak's window open by keeping him upright and not injured as well too. So I think that this could be a big pick for them. Uh, it's Offensive line is one of the things that you don't want it to become a huge need down the road because it can really come back to bite you in the rear end. So they continue to build a strength out of a strength. 
Next on the clock here is going to be the Seattle Seahawks via the Denver Broncos. And I had them taking Bryce Young at their last selection in the top 10. And at this one, we're going to get him some help, keep him upright. And since he's got a little bit smaller of a frame, I think that we're going to do all we can to help him succeed at the next level. And it's going to be, excuse me, it's not Zion Johnson, it's Zion Nelson. So Zion Nelson from Miami, Florida, going to the Seattle Seahawks via their selection to trade. And I think that Nelson is going to be a, a big-time pass protector that can play it opposite of Charles Cross. I think you plug and play him at right tackle and let Cross man the left side. But either way, it's building the support around a young quarterback, and it's exactly what they need in their, their early years as you're developing them. And you get another big-time uh, offensive line chip in this draft with a, a prime-time selection as well from the Russell Wilson trade. Moving along, the next selection is going to be the Miami Dolphins. And really, like I said, if we're going to bank on this Miami Dolphins team building the offensive line and trusting the the pieces that they put in place and really having this Mike McDaniel scheme pay off in the long haul, uh, they're going to use this selection from the San Francisco 49ers as a kind of a bonus selection. And I have them taking the best running back in the draft, B. John Robinson, who's a really special talent out of Texas. And I think that he could be that dynamic playmaker that's really missing from this offense to capitalize on Tua. If for some reason Tua isn't the answer, we could see both of these picks getting packaged and similar to the Philadelphia Eagles fashion and move for a, a primetime quarterback in the draft. But at this one, we have him going B. John Robinson, Robinson with this selection. With the 28th selection, we have the Detroit Lions coming back around courtesy of the Los Angeles Rams. And I have them uh, finally addressing the quarterback here. Like I mentioned, I don't know if they're all the way sold on Jared Goff. It seems like they are, which makes it seem like it's not that much of a priority to upgrade the position or move on. But at least at this point in the draft, you can get like a developmental guy uh, courtesy an extra selection. And I have them selecting Anthony Richardson, quarterback out of Florida. Uh, Richardson ended up winning the job early last season. Uh, he comes into the season as the first full time or his first year as a full time starter. Hopefully, can uh, cement himself in that first round quarterback status. And I think that this is the right range at the moment for him. His stock's not running too hot, not too cold. And Detroit would be like the perfect place for a developmental quarterback, in my opinion. It, there's no rush to play him. You have a very solid offensive line in the front of him, and they're finally seeming to have surrounding these guys with some of. Uh, receiving talent as well too so I don't think there's this huge rush and I think they're building that defense out the right way I think there's a lot of things to be really happy with in Detroit uh, regardless if they're picking third I mean that means the season didn't go the way we were expecting but I mean I, I'm really high on Detroit I have them winning I, I said it uh, last week seven games at least so I, I I really like what they're doing and I think you get a quarterback of the future here in this next draft I think that'd be a really smart move for them uh, moving right along here, our next selection is going to be the Green Bay Packers at 29. And the Green Bay Packers, they're always going to be in the mix of things. They never pick for need. They never prioritize guys that are lower down their draft board for something that they need. And really, when you look at this roster, I don't really think they believe they have many needs. Uh, the quarterback position is solidified for the next two years. Uh, they, they just drafted a young developmental receiver in Christian Watson, a couple of other guys as well, too, in Romeo Dubs. So I think they're pretty happy with what their wide receiver room looks like and how it's rounded out. A tight end could possibly be a move here. 
and they're always looking for offensive line depth, but they really addressed that in this past draft in the middle rounds. So I turned my attention to the defense, and what's one position to need when we're taking a look at this Green Bay defense? There isn't many, to be honest with you, but if you're looking for a place you can save money, I would point to the backside of the defensive backfield and this, this safety room as Adrian Amos is getting up there in terms of age in his late 20s, early 30s. You could look to move on from him and possibly save some money on a contract that I believe is just about up if it's not up, or if you're not quite sold on Darnell Savage and, and you don't want to extend him beyond his rookie deal or franchise tag him, this is an opportunity to, to get better at the position or at least get some depth, get some uh, influx of young talent. And I, I love Jordan Battle. This guy plays a very aggressive brand of football. I don't know if it lines up with Green Bay likes in their safeties, but he's one of my favorite players that I watched uh, this past season. And I think that he's going to find a very, very important role at the next level, uh, whatever it may be. So Jordan Battle, safety Alabama to the Green Bay Packers at 29. At number 30, we get the Kansas City Chiefs back on the clock. And they, as always, they're the same as the Packers. They're in the same light here. Was they're, they're always selecting to get guys to round out their roster, to kind of capitalize on where they are as a team and try to capitalize on this winning window that they seem to always have within the Patrick Mahomes era here. So why not go and get a guy that's going to help complete your roster? Isaiah Foskey, an edge defender out of Notre Dame, I think it's going to be a perfect pick. It helps you move on uh, from Frank Clark in the, the near future and get a little cheaper and younger at the position. So taking a look ahead here, we get the 31st selection with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I have them taking safety Malachi Moore out of Alabama. So we get a, a pair of Alabama safeties in the first round in our mock draft here. That's way too early. But uh, essentially, I, I thought that they were a prime candidate to take Daxton Hill or to take uh, – Lewis seen in this year's draft and it sounded like that they were in on him just not in the first round so why not look to the same position to to get similar production with this draft to get younger at the position once again and once again this could also be a quarterback destination here uh just because the Tom Brady factor is he coming back for one year is it two we're not sure at the moment it sounds like he's got something worked out with Fox after this year uh it could be two years but I really like uh, the potential here of getting a safety that can come in and play for you right away and really shore up that back end as you continue to develop this out. And uh, Todd Bowles has done a really good job of developing defensive backs, so he might go back to that well here in 2023 with Malachi Moore. And the last selection in our mock draft here is going to be the Buffalo Bills, and the Buffalo Bills in this situation is the are the presumptive Super Bowl favorites. And they get the award of picking last. And who I have them taking is going to be Trenton Simpson, linebacker out of uh, Clemson. He's a he's a higher graded prospect, but I just don't know if teams. There's not many teams that do value linebacker in the first round. But Buffalo Bills happen to be one of them. You remember back to Tremaine Edmonds, who was a height, weight, speed kind of guy at the at the second level, and they took a chance on him, and it really panned out for him. Uh, when we look at this roster, Tremaine Edmonds still a young key piece of this defense. But I'm looking at the, the other linebacker spot. They might be looking to get younger there as well, too, and get a little bit cheaper at the position uh, as they look, look to the near future here. And I think Trenton Simpson could be an opportunity to do that. When you win the Super Bowl, you 
you don't necessarily need to build at the premium positions. When you're picking at 32, you can just pick the player that you value the most, that you think is the best player. And at this point in the, the draft, Trenton Simpson is the best one on the board. So I have him going to the Buffalo Bills at 32. So that's going to be it for our 2023 way too early mock draft. Uh, let us know your thoughts. I, I know everybody loves these. They, it kind of points to some names that you need to highlight and start watching for the next season. I know a lot of these guys I had done deep dives on for this this year's draft, and they ended up uh, electing to go back to school. So that helped me out a little bit. To, as you could point out, there's a couple of guys on the list that you know ended up really high in my book. So as we focus into the summer here, we'll hopefully uh, be able to dive into these a little bit more. So that's going to be it for this week's episode. It's just a one-parter. We just wanted to make sure we got that way too early mock draft out as it's, you know, tis the season for that kind of stuff. Uh, as we look ahead here, we're probably going to be taking a week off here to recalibrate before the, the big push for the off season. We're going to get some uh, great content gathered up, some great ideas to present to you in the terms of what to expect for our off-season podcast. This is where we really try to ramp it up, do some season preview stuff. So make sure you hit subscribe. We're never going to run out of stuff. And we're going to try to get back to that Tuesday or Monday or Tuesday schedule. So be looking out this, not this next coming Monday, Tuesday, but the Monday, Tuesday after that. So hopefully everybody enjoys the week off and we'll see you guys in a couple.